The views, comments, and opinions of the following program do not necessarily reflect those of Morris Media Studios, MorrisMediaLive.com, or its affiliates. Listener discretion is advised. We all know that we can never take for granted that a police officer will be held accountable for killing a black person and justifiably. So even though we think the video yes. is very compelling, that we understand that this is a referendum on can black people get equal justice in America. Once again, the American justice system is on trial and they are guilty until proven innocent. Shout out to BG. Welcome to Melanated Politics. I am Eric Clark. And I am David Harper. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go ahead and call back in at 323-815-4204 and let's go ahead and talk about it. Mr. Harper, I have to ask, brother, how's everything been going? You know, just living in history. Um, everything's been going good family-wise, but again, living in history and want to be on point. Happy to be here on the show. I'm happy we can talk about the topics of the day, of the really of the, you can arguably say of the of the century, millennia, however you want to carry it. It's this right now what we're watching with the, the Derek Chauvin case on murdering George Floyd is, um, is, uh, is historical. It's historical. The history of law enforcement is the backdrop. Mm -hmm. The Republicans in the state of Georgia are doing everything they can right now to restrict the vote. So we'll take a dab off into that. But right now, let's allow this melanated professor to go ahead and, and, and break, break this down like some arithmetic regarding the George Floyd, the George Floyd trial, our dear brother, rest in peace. Rest in power. I agree and disagree, Brian, because the criminal justice system is always on trial. And even if Derek Chauvin ends up being convicted, it doesn't mean it's a good criminal justice system. It doesn't mean black people are treated fairly. Uh, you know, we've seen so many different people, uh, you know, the killing of uh, Tamir Rice, the killing of Trayvon Martin by George Zimmerson, you know, Timothy Lohman getting away with what he did. There have been so many instances of police officers and random white individuals shooting and killing black people and not facing any consequences that in this particular instance where the entire planet watched an execution, if that happens to put this man in jail, that doesn't mean the system is fine. It reminds me, to be honest, of, of Holds Claw, the case that was in Oklahoma City a couple years ago, uh, where a man was accused, a police officer was accused of serially raping black women in the city. He was convicted because the crime was so egregious that the law couldn't allow him to get away with it because they would have no justification for anything else they did. That's what this is. This may be a bridge too far, but it doesn't mean that all the bridges that have been burned by this criminal justice system have been fixed with black America. George Floyd had his trial on the street. He sure did. It was a death penalty. Everything that we're watching with the George Floyd, not George okay, let me repeat myself. This is not George Floyd case. This is not about George Floyd being high. This is not about George Floyd having any drugs. It's not about George Floyd resisting, uh, resisting arrests. This is the case of Derek Chauvin, Chauvin, because I've heard it pronounced they different ways. It don't even ways. matter. He's a snake in the grass. He's a snake in the grass. He's, 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 a, he's a killer. It's about 
him using brute force in killing a defenseless man. Now, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, Derek Chauvin was has been. I don't want. I don't know if they use the word cited, but he's had complaints through his whole career as a police officer. Between 15 and 19, I believe they only were able to uh, present or accept like two or three. If that. If that. As far as, you know, abuse of power, um, had complaints on him. This case, if you've been watching it, I know a lot of people saying it triggers them. They can't watch it. It's too much. But this is a case not just about murder, but about trauma, but about guilt, and about class and poverty on the highest level. And it goes to the roots of the black community's relationship and, with it, law enforcement. And you know what's crazy about people that say they, it's hard to watch it? Mm -hmm. it's, it was hard to be George Floyd. Impossible. We, to Try to put Floyd. that on. Put that on your feet and see if it's too tight. So a few things here. Um, <laughs> America, America has always had this relationship with black folks always right now the difference between now and let's say Eric Gardner who was strangled by a New York police officer for selling cigarettes Lucy cigarettes on the street um, who said he couldn't breathe the difference right now is that there's been so many videos and the pandemic made people watch and Bet. basically it forced America to deal with the reality they couldn't argue. But just like what the brother said on uh, MSNBC, this is an extreme case. This is an extreme case. There's a ton of cases that aren't extreme where, where the person is either beat up, thrown in jail, whatever, that still doesn't deserve the type of treatment that they get. But because this man had died, the, 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 the largest extreme of a man dying in front of you, that's where America's like, okay, that's enough. And you know this is the, the case because you have law enforcement, his police chief, I mean, Minneapolis uh, police chief, uh, police officers or police experts from different states in, in New York and special investigators have all testified so far against his tactics. And really quick, ladies and gentlemen, in watching the case, one thing I didn't know about the case, well, there's several things, but I'll just say this is the one thing <sighs> that really stood out to me. There was a, a, a firefighter paramedic I forget. I don't know if she's a firefighter. She's both. Because if you're a firefighter, you know you know how to save a life. You have yes. the paramedic skills. Um, she watched. She's one of the people that watched the whole thing. Uh, MMA fighter uh, Donald Williams, who does security, he watched the whole thing. Chris Martin, who I felt sorry for the young brother. I felt yes. bad for the young brother because he's the one who said, "Hey, George Floyd had a 
a uh, counterfeit dollar bill. And all he kept thinking was to himself was like, if he didn't say anything, he would be alive. He's way he has that weight on his yes. shoulder. And as well as the uh, the older the older gentleman, um, uh, I forget my uh, my man's name. Uh, I have it written down here. It'll uh, Darnell. Uh, yes. No, Darnella Frazier was a teenage woman. Geneva Hansen was the uh, paramedic in um, Donald Williams, Chris Martin. There's an older gentleman that watched it as well. So you had several people watch it to let him know that what he was doing was wrong. It, it, was, it wasn't just... You had witnesses and a person who was a professional, and they wouldn't let, he, they wouldn't let her check on him. So there was the murder... There was the lack, the lack of humanity in this whole, not, not just in the, in the killing of George Floyd, the lack of humanity into the people watching it, saying, I don't care what you say. I don't, I don't, I don't care. He's dying. Yes, so sir. what? He, they dehumanized everybody there. Flex. And, and so. Flex. I mean, there's a lot to talk about in this case, but before I before I go on a tangent, because you know I can do that. Do that. <laughs> what did you do that? What was what was your thoughts so far? What was some? I know there's a lot of takeaways. What was, what was your biggest takeaway from from the case so far? Before we get to the case, allow me to just say this. Regarding that snake in the grass, ex officer Derek. I say to myself, he would not have held a rescue dog down in the street like that for nine minutes. That's off the top. Mm -hmm. And now we expect um, the Justice Department and um, the individuals to, to the, the system to, to have a conscience. It doesn't work that way. Um, me personally, and this is just personal, I think he'll get off. I think he'll be found not guilty for whatever reason. We, I'm pretty sure we're going to expound on that. But nevertheless, I think they're going to let this man off. Because one thing that they do every five, 10 years, every day, every month, is set an example. We're going to put these people in their place. And we've all, they've already been demonized in the media mm -hmm. as being criminals, mm -hmm. as being dope fiends and crackheads and, and uh, 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 runaway fathers and uh, 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 snatch a purse off your arm and, and choke you with the purse strings and whatever else you can imagine and put a beat behind that. But my point is this, black lives don't matter in the United States of America. And that's what I got out of that initially. Can I say one thing real quick? <clears throat> and one thing I do wanna tell our audience is that back in the mid 2000s, early to mid 2000s, it was mid 2000s actually, it was, um, the incredible, if you're not familiar with football, there was a quarterback. He's still alive. He, he's on Fox Sports News by the name of Michael Vick. 
Michael Vick was the most electrifying quarterback, but he went to jail. He went to jail be- for dogfighting, and some dogs had died. It was a f- and he went to jail and some snitching and some snitching. There was some snitching. He went to jail also because he bet. The main thing was racketeering. He bet on the dogs. But bottom line, Peter went after him. People were outraged that he the people fought. for the ethical treatment of animals. Yes, they went after him. We, we wow. actually, yeah, yeah, they went after him, and basically he did time. America has witnessed, I don't know how many police shootings or police murders or murder by police on black people. And American can justify it. And to piggyback on what you just said can justify that, but they can't justify, they can't justify Michael Vick doing what he did. But really quick, to piggyback on, to, to, to piggyback on uh, what you just said about um, him, Chauvin getting off, that's that's a valid argument. You know, most of the time you and I go back and forth, but I can't necessarily disagree with you there because if presidents with um, Trayvon Martin, if anybody's been watched the Trayvon Martin trial, the jury, um, the jury humanized. It was it was so deep watching it. That's another trial that I watched extremely close uh, because my son, um, my son was a year old when Trayvon died, mm. and um, as a you know as a as a father, I remember his mother calling me. Uh, his mother called me immediately and, and said, "How can we protect our son from from this happening?" And I had to tell her, "You know, it's going to be it's going to be near impossible." But be, but really quick, I, I don't want to go. I going down another can, another. Can I know, give you a quick story, real fast? Quick, please tell me. I had a job on Century Boulevard, right? An investment job. Century Boulevard's here in L.A. Go ahead. My boy named Sam. He's white. Mm-hmm. He would pick me up. I would pick him up. We would ride to work, mm-hmm. right? So one day we're, we're just a little bit late. Mm-hmm. Sam, he's pushing it. I say, Slam. I say, Sam, bro, this is L- slow it down, bro. This is L- this is L.A. Slow it down. Slam, Sam, he does, he's pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. We get pulled over by the Hawthorne PD, right? He doesn't, I thought he was just going to just, okay, lights, pull over, you know, hands out of the window, you know, how you how are you today, officer, whatever. Sam says, what the F did you pull me over for? I said, oh, my God, I'm, I'm uh, let me text my folks and say, hey, uh, this is last white friend nice knowing all of you, no, no <laughs> knowing all you people. So the cop, he looks at, he looks at Sam, so he's like, you know you were going too fast. License and insurance. So Sam, he takes a he takes a deep breath, like, oh, right. So Sam comes back. He gives Sam a he gives Sam a, a speeding ticket, right? Sam takes the ticket. Officer is still there. Sam takes the ticket, throws balls up, throws at the window, and calls him an a hole. Now, I'm waiting for the cop to snatch Sam out of the car because the only thing I'm thinking right now was what have what would have been the results had I done that or have you done that or anyone else that looks like you and I have done that, right? That guy goes back to his car. He sits there. I'm like, so Sam just takes off. I'm waiting for the cop to get behind us and pull us back over because of his performance. He just got He just got off stage, okay? I tell, I said, Sam, man, don't ever do that again when I'm in the car with you, bro. Don't ever do that again. 
you, you got a ticket, it balled it up and threw it out of the window, called him a name and just waited and pushed off. Where's Sam now? If Sam still has an investment job with another company and I'm doing something else. But my point is this, welcome to the United States of America. I do feel that Chauvin may not do time. He may, they might, they might, he more, he may do a little bit of time. Um, jurors, jurors, and I don't, I don't know the makeup of this jury, and that's something I'm gonna have to research. When it came to, when it came to Trayvon, they humanized, they humanized. Um, uh, George Zimmerman in such a way. But the difference in this case, let me say this, the difference in this case is that, frankly, you had you had enough law enforcement and white folks, oh, white I people, get that. I get that. saying he did I get that, him. but check this out, Mr. Mr. Harper. Because that's what it takes. Once the defense puts on their case, they're going to do their best to make George Floyd look like Darth Vader. And it's not going to happen. Let me explain why. We will not allow these people again to put the character of our brothers on trial when the perpetrators of these modern day lynchings are the ones that should be on trial. And um, like my boy Ice Cube always says, my skin is my sin right here in good old America. But you know what? You can't escape being pulled over. Black, uh, uh, melanate, black judges, um, black off-duty cops. Off-duty cops, yeah. Um, after the show, you can Google it, go on YouTube, different other social media platforms. I was just watching this morning, just out of respect for just a tad bit more researched. I wanted to see a lot of like off-duty police officers being pulled over by cops mm -hmm. for different incidents. Uh, incidents and when they pulled out their bags say look 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 dude I'm, I'm like one of you guys I mean they they received they, they received more questions than someone with a with a an expired license at the DMV and it's not right so you can't escape who you are and what you what you look like when you're driving it doesn't matter if you're um if you're homeless, it doesn't matter if you live on 7th and Crocker. It doesn't matter if you're black and live in Beverly Hills. It doesn't matter if you're a construction worker, an electrician. Okay, it doesn't matter if you're a professional. It doesn't matter if you're a so-called hustler on the streets. If you have melanin interlocked into your pigmentation and it's part of who you are, then the history shows um, it is what it is, and it's not what it's not. And we're just putting the information out there. You know, it's only, you know, it, this, this, is only, this is only complaining if you are a mental and emotional and psychological ventriloquist for the people that are carrying these crimes out over and over and over again against our people. But... As we said earlier, David, the history of law enforcement in America is very important 
because it's, it's not really about the appetizers. We're talking about the main course. So let's go ahead and go to the main course and go ahead and put out there the history of law enforcement in America. The most important numbers you will hear in this trial are 929. What happened in those nine minutes and 29 seconds when Mr. When you talk about the history of... The history of law enforcement in America. history of law enforcement in America goes back, goes far back, um, and it wasn't necessarily called, you know, policing. Well, by definition, they were called uh, slave patrols. Yeah. But the prosecution and the trial That's of that shopping. snake in the grass, Derek... Derek Chauvin, yeah, the, 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 the prosecution is trying to make him out to be um, high, um, dangerous. The other thing the prosecution... We're speaking regarding... I mean, the, the de defense. I'm sorry, the defense. No, I'm, I'm, we're speaking about the prosecution well, the, in the opening statements. The opening statement... The opening statement... I'll tell you, well, let's, let's, go ahead and put, let's go ahead and show the opening statements, and we'll talk about it after the video. So, so going back to the slave patrols, real quick, going back to slave patrols... Going back to slave patrols, because the the statement from the prosecution, the statement from the prosecution was that basically there was nothing to show that George Floyd was resisting. Okay. There was nothing to show George Floyd deserved to die. And that's where the connection is, goes to history, goes goes to the history, goes to the past with slave patrols. Because there were slave slave codes just like there was a black code. Yes. And that is still Implemented now, basically. And there were sundown, uh, sundown towns. It was sundown towns, and, and it was sundown towns and everything. But and um, also they had vagrant laws. If you were unemployed, yes, you're going you, straight, straight to jail, to jail and you yes, will be sold, yes, yes. and you will be in a chain gang. Absolutely, absolutely. You had all of that. But let's not keep everyone waiting. Check this out. Check this out, y'all. It seems really trite to say, if you don't study history, you're doomed to repeat it. But nothing illustrates that more than the history of policing. Policing, in one form or another, has existed since colonial days. In the form of night watches, local sheriffs, and militias. But it wasn't until the 19th century that northern cities such as Boston created modern police departments as we would recognize them today. These northern departments were not the first example of a uniformed, publicly funded law enforcement institution in America. By the time the northern colonies were afoot in the 17th century, the idea of keeping track of the most valuable asset in the United States, that is, enslaved Africans, animated much of what we recognize today as law enforcement. In the 1700s, the South saw the rise of official salaried slave patrols, whose task was to capture, control, and brutalize enslaved people. The initial acts that empower slave patrols and militias were acts that basically empowered all white people to surveil and punish all black people. These slave patrols were required to serve a tour of duty, usually up to a year. 
Individuals were compensated for their time, but they were also penalized if they did not show up for their required service. All white people, including white children, were expected to enforce so-called slave codes. These laws were meant to prevent enslaved people from organizing or rebelling. It was against the law, for example, for enslaved people to leave their plantations, gather without a white person present. Question to the audience, also to you, Mr. Harper. Right now in 2020, 2021, if there are so many good cops, why do we still live in, why is there still systematic racism within the police departments and within law enforcement throughout this country, if there's so many good cops? Because the evidence does not bear the rhetoric. Now, I'm, not, I, now, I'm taking it past the individual. I, I'll say it again. If there are so many good cops on the police force, why does systematic racism and modern day lynchings still exist to this day, i.e. George Floyd, Tamir Rice, uh, um, Castro, Michael Brown. Michael Brown, okay, so, Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor. Um, Why? Why do we still live in this system? Because this America, okay. America has never dealt with racism. Okay. It's never, it's never, no, I mean, what you're I'm right. trying to they say never, is, They've never it, been honest about it. I no, mean, no, they never They've never really, been honest about it as well. When I, okay, let me just say this. Yes. They have dealt with policies dealing with racism, i.e. Emancipation Proclamation. Okay. Hold up, real quick, real quick and i.e. the Voting Rights Acts and Civil Rights Acts. But that policy, everybody, majority of people that put in those policies were, were killed. Okay. Except for LBJ who decided not to run. But, I'm going on the tangent. Okay. Let me just let me Go just ahead. say this. Let me just say this to answer your question. There are, in FYI, if you haven't watched the show, my mom was in law enforcement. I know there are good cops out there. Yes. And there's evil out there, so we need the police. And I didn't say that. They I know. Were you, not I, know good. I, I didn't know, say that. I know. I know that. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just stating it. But we have not separated policing in the history of racism. We have not okay. separated slave patrolling and when it comes to our people. We haven't separated. No, we have to teach it. No, 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 no. You can't, you, you, you can't teach, you can't teach. I mean, the history of anything is important. True. But teaching it, okay, when you say teaching, okay, you talk about give teaching. Let me give you an example. Teaching the present day police officers? No, 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 let me give you an example. Let me give an example. One of the things I was fascinated about that video is the fact that what is the bottom line, the un, the just straight up evidence, right, is that the, the slave patrollers in the IE so-called modern day police law enforcement, one of their main objectives and job descriptions were to protect the property of the wealthy, i.e. the white farmers, et cetera, et cetera. Why do you think brothers get pulled over when they leave the so-called ghetto? 
Why do you think a lot of brothers get pulled over in the new cars when they get in the, because they are still protecting their property. That is the foundation to protect their property. That's why a lot of brothers and sisters that are in law enforcement get pulled over themselves because when they take that badge off and that starched up uniform off and they do their jobs and, and, and they finish doing their jobs and they appear to be a quote unquote regular brother, okay, a civilian, they get they get treated like a um a brother that's not that doesn't have law enforcement as a career. So we can put a hug around it and, and, and massage it up as far as the perception of all of this, because the foundation, it really means, um, it means a lot. Let me say this, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, you know, basically yeah. say that teaching people isn't wrong. I think education is important, but unfortunately, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not a cynic. I'm mm -hmm. a realist. Yes. I don't feel that, I feel like a majority of, I'm not gonna say majority, a good portion, because yes. I don't know the number. I'll say a good portion of white folks, white people that know this number, that know that that this is wrong, they okay. don't care because they don't look at it this okay. way. So to me, I don't think teaching, only thing that's gonna help this is policy. Is like if you do something wrong, because yes. I know you're gonna be racist. Yes. We can't we can't we can't police your racism, okay. but if you are racist, okay. when I say you can't police you can't police the emotion. Well, I'll be mad enough what, to say teach, teaching was the wrong word. Put him in jail. Um, being straightforward, informing. Peel the scab off. Stop dancing around it. As, as as a as a nation, as a society, that's what needs to happen. Prime, I mean, prime, I mean, if you went to, I know a few people that passed on from cancer. When you have cancer, when you go in there. They, they don't, and when it's time for them to tell you you have cancer, they don't say, um, what movie are you going to see this week? No, you have cancer, and you need to do A, B, C, or D. And then when you ask, how long will I live, six months to a year, two years, that's it. You talk about who's winning an Academy Award after that. That's a great analogy. That's, no. When you go f look for a job, you either have that job or you don't have that job. That's a great analogy. You know why? Go try to get a loan at a bank. Either have it or you don't. Do it on the internet. You'll get something in the mail. Matter of fact, it won't even be in the mail. Have bad credit, half an hour. You have a 400 credit rating. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> 400 credit rating. That's pretty bad. You got work to get a 400 credit rating. Here's the thing. That cancer, that cancer, that cancer analogy that you used was not a bad one. But this is you're seeing this in real time in our country because you can you can tell you can tell people, hey, racism is a cancer. You could you could tell them our, they got to know the history. But just like with coronavirus, well, people say that's yeah. fake news. But bro, they got the good guy and the bad guy uh, um, narrative going. The good guys are the cops, and the bad guys are the black criminals. That narrative is America's narrative. But why, but this is why you have to change Well, that policy. wouldn't be the narrative if this was somewhere else. When South Africa did their truth and re uh, reconciliation, yes. 
that was true pulling the scab. I agree, bro. I agree. But you know what? You know, but I you, agree, but, bro. You, but you know why? You know why? Um, that happened there. The ANC, the African National Congress. Part of the reason why that happened is because white folks there did a did a calculation, saying. This is a nation full of melanated people. Yes. We're outnumbered. It's either going to go one or two ways. Yes. Now, after the Voting Rights and Civil Rights Act, they threw us in jail. They, they, they pushed drugs into to, to our communities. We, of course, we ended up killing each other. They killed us. We were killing each other. A, a bunch of stuff. Yes. And even that couldn't hold us back. But there's not, there isn't a time right now, this isn't a moment right now where, hold up, let me rewind. Maybe there is a moment right now to where they feel desperate because that's why you have, you had the insurrection at the Capitol. That was pure desperation. And so, as we're going to talk about later on with the voting rights bill in Georgia, pure desperation. All of it is the loosening of power and the question is going to be is how far is it going to go the question is going to be um because you're not changing and i have to quote um <laughs> i have to quote i know i know y'all gonna trip out when i say this when hillary clinton ran in 2016 yes sir she said I'm not trying to change hearts and minds. I'm trying to change policy because she knows she can't change hearts and minds. When the video came out with, with Rodney King getting the black beat off of him, and majority of white people felt like the cops were in the, were in the right. You had a million batons. I don't know how many times a man was hit. He was right. When you had Trayvon Martin, you didn't see a video of Trayvon Martin, but he was a he was a teenager getting killed by a grown man. His skin was the sin. They understood George Zimmerman's fear and that justified him killing Trayvon Martin. And that's why he had stated prior, right? He said, as a matter of fact, let me rewind that. He said, I'm tired of these black people, these black so-and-so, I'm paraphrasing, I'm tired of these black so-and-so running around here, breaking into stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So he already had it in his mind. But it was relatable to the jury. Okay. Then really quick, really quick, and this is, this is my last one. Over 74 million, 73.7, 74 million voted for a man in Donald Trump who openly, openly was Andrew Jackson. You heard him a million and one times yes. say they were good people on both sides. Yes. You heard a million and one. You heard him say, you heard him say, he, you heard him say. To the Proud, Proud Boys. Boys. Yeah. Stand up and stand by. But they voted for him. So. The so, only way this is going so, to win, only way this is going to play out is if people stay on the ball, okay. vote, pass a so if you one, have a relationship, all of it. If you have a relationship with someone, Mr. Harper, yeah. and 
you're against what they do and you and you complain about what they do and you haven't but you haven't moved out yet. No. So what does it say about the people that voted for Trump? No, no, no. They they're all they they're together. They are together. It's a movement. It is definitely a movement. It is the preservation yes. of the Confederacy. It's a, it's it's deeper than that. It's deeper than and that. so far, it's the, it's, it, it, it part, that's part of it, but it's deeper than yes. that. Yes, I mean that's just that's just more of a, a, a that that is definitely the 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 uh, what you call like the the tagline. Yes, yes, absolutely. But where it gets deeper, even though most of these people know they're not gonna get murdered, they're not getting. It's not like it's not like it's not like people people use that. I'm afraid of black black men. They're not afraid of black men or black women killing them or anything like that. It's it's a, a fear of inferiority. And, and you know, I wasn't even Inf inferiority. I was not even going to go there, but you know what? Hey, it is what it it's is. Because you know why? Because you know what? And this is my last. This is my last point. Go ahead. This is my last point. The reason why I use the word inferiority is yes. because the best example I can give is Skip Gates. Okay. That police officer went to his house. You mean doc, you mean professor? I'm sorry, Gates, professor the Skip Harvard Gates. The Harvard professor. The Harvard Harvard professor. And drinking a beer with the cop after Obama said the police were acting stupidly. After, but you know what? The, he locked himself out. A neighbor called and said he's breaking in his own home. It was, it was which pretty much happens all the time, according and to the media. He showed his ID. He showed his ID. He showed his ID to the cop. To the police officer and said, this is my house. This is my house. And that cop arrested him because he felt inferior. Not because Skip Gates. Okay. Skip Gates is an I'm old man with a cane. I know I was going okay. So, I mean, that is that encompasses where America. One of the books that I suggest our viewers read, and it, it is, and we've uh, mentioned this before, it's called I don't, rec I don't recall the ex actual name of the author, but it's called 100 Years of Lynching. The reason why I brought that up is because it's all tied into the point that Dave and I, David and I are making right now. The reason why they are afraid, and they have been afraid, and, 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 and that narrative has even been played out in the George Floyd trial, they think we're superhuman. That's a three, four two, three, four hundred year stereotype. You know, they think that uh, 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 black women don't feel pain. Yeah. They think if they crack you in the head, you won't fit it. Case in point, in 100 years of lynching, it's really about a, 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 like just newspaper clipping, newspaper clipping after newspaper clipping of brothers that were lynched, burned, skint, body parts cut off, sold as souvenirs, uh, 10, 5, 10, 15,000 people witnessing this. Okay. And when you, you, now when you look at George Floyd and you tie that into Rodney King, most of the time it's 2, 3, 4, 5, 50, 1,000, 5 million on one. If they weren't afraid, I'm just, I'm just going to say it would be head up. If, if, if one cop, a righteous, law-abiding citizen himself, a, 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 a baseball teacher on the weekends, a basketball coach, 
you know, do it by yourself. It always takes all these cops to apprehend one black dude. As far as, uh, with respect to the laws of common sense, that's fear. Because if you weren't afraid, dude, I'm from here. They call 15 cop cars. They call the helicopter. If the battle round was still around, they would call that. They bring the feds in, okay? You got people hanging down buildings from ropes for a G-Ride stolen car. Come on, man. Are you serious? And I do want to make one last point, but, too. Audi- go ahead, go ahead, go to ahead. our audience, please go get that. 100 years of lynchings. One of the best reads you ever you ever, you ever will engage in that goes right along with what we're talking about right now before we move on, before we move back to the trial and how the prosecution introduced their evidence. One thing, I, this last thing I was going to make my point on in when I talked about the them storming the Capitol and insurrection, that moment of the Trump era, you saw... There was a group of people that voted for him because they wanted their money. Yes. They don't have necessarily the fear or the anxiety of black folks. It was just a financial decision. But that percentage dwarfs the, that fear. It dwarfs uh, the whole, like, you know, America needs to go back to the Andrew Jackson days. Let's, let's honor these, um, uh, the Confederate soldiers. Let's... Um, Let's prop up the Proud Boys and and other groups. Uh, you know, let's deflect and use Antifa as really the real threat. That percentage is bigger than the percentage that's just betting their money. Not only the uh, certain polls like Fox News, when they poll the, their, their supporters and their viewers, it's over 50% of the people that were polled said that the people that engaged in the uh, January 6th um, insurrections were Black Lives Matter infiltrators. They were Antifa. Mm -hmm. And they were aliens from Mars. And a lot of people believe that stuff because you know what? A form of brainwashing is to repeat the same thing over and over and over and over again. Before we move on, it's like hearing a song. You know how you hear a song for the first time, you're like, I really don't like that song. And then you hear it over and over and over again. I'll give you two weeks. You'll be moving and dancing to every single word. You will know every single word. But let's go ahead and get to the trial. Let's get back to the trial. Let's go ahead and listen to the prosecution state their case. Was applying this excessive force to the body of Mr. George Floyd. And you will be able to hear Mr. Floyd saying, please, I can't breathe. Please, man. Please. Ah, restraint. Cobble. Okay, breathe. I can't breathe. I'll grab that. Oh. Let's see if we can get him. Jesus Christ. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Thank you. I can't breathe. In this nine minutes and 29 seconds, you will see that as Mr. Floyd is handcuffed there on the ground, he is verbalizing 27 times, you will hear. In the four minutes and 45 seconds, I can't breathe. Please, I can't breathe. 
you will see that Mr. Chauvin is kneeling on Mr. Floyd's neck and back. You will hear his final words when he says, I can't breathe. Before that time, you'll hear his voice get heavier. You will hear his words further apart. You will see that his respiration gets shallower and shallower and finally stops when he speaks his last words. I can't breathe. So we learn here that Mr. Floyd at some point is completely passed out. Uh, Mr. Chauvin continues on as he had, knee on the neck, knee on the back. You'll see he does not let up and he does not get up. Uh, for the remaining, uh, as you can see, three minutes and 51 seconds. During this period of time, you will learn that Mr. Chauvin is told that they can't even find the pulse of Mr. Floyd. You will learn he's told that twice. They can't even find the pulse. You will learn about something in this case called an anoxic seizure. It is the body's automatic reflex. George Floyd said he couldn't breathe 27 times. Um, and if, if our audience uh, had a chance to take a look at the, the both videos, I mean, both pictures, um, Derek Chauvin was, was kneeling on his neck like he was big game hunting. If you look at any uh, hunter after they, um, after they capture their, um, their right. prey, mm. they, they stand over it like it's a trophy, and that's the way he was kneeling, like this is my game. So, um, so yeah. It um, speaks for itself. And we have a phone call. Thank you for calling in to Melanated Politics. Hello, Eric. Hey, we're doing well. How about you, Kev? All is well. All is well. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm a really great analysis. And the thing that I have to say about this, which you guys covered really well in your discussion, is that, number one, you look at this case literally on the face with um, Mr. Floyd, and it really should be a no-brainer. But the defense is trying to employ tactics, you know, with character assassination. But the thing about it, the mechanics of his arrest supersedes any character flaws that he may have had, drug use or anything, because when he was first encountered, he wasn't left in a helpless state, talking about not being able to breathe, having a heart attack, or any of that stuff. And, you know, the thing about it is, the things that the prosecution has on their side is that they really have experts that are indicating that this was fatal force and not a part of routine police practice as these people were trained. And to go further with what you guys said about why do police have this predisposed notion, well, you guys talked about the history of the um, police and some slave patrols, which I think is just a generational culture that has been passed down and is now being used in a contemporary context. But the thing about it, like you said, a lot of time agreement means complicit silence, but at a lot of time I think people are afraid of retribution against them for being honest about what they saw a witness from the inside as police. And I think from a legislative police reform standpoint, there needs to be a guarantee 
of non-retribution against people who are willing to talk in full and to catch these things from a symptomatic basis way before they transpire. I agree with you, Eric. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a lot to unpack. Um, really, we could do several shows just on this topic. Um, and it's, uh, it's hard to encapsulate the history as well as present day. Um, but the one thing we are saying is, you know, things seem to be, go- I don't want to, you know, think too, too far ahead. It seems, it seems that, um, for lack of a better word, some type of change or rep- uh, retribution is coming. Um, but I do agree with you uh, wholeheartedly that people are afraid, afraid of what may happen to them if they speak openly and freely about what they experience and what they see. Um, and um, I, I know internal, I remember years ago, internal fights with the New York Police Department, the black, the, the black uh, law enforcement in the tri-state area and the rank and file uh, in, in New York and Jersey and, and everywhere as far as um, police officers, you know, black police officers standing up to saying, you know, this is wrong. Uh, so uh, there's definitely, it's been a long fight. It's been a, a very long and brutal fight for changes, uh, for change to happen. And, and hopefully we'll see it here within this case. Oh, oh. A cultural change has to occur. And like you say, it's a numerous bunch of factors. We would take several shows to cover, but it's cultural, it's procedural, it's racial, mm-hmm. it's logistical, it's the whole nine yards, you mm-hmm. know. But you got to take the combination of all those factors used in a comprehensive form to attain the goals that are needed in terms of And also, um, give us your bottom line opinion on this trial moving forward before we let you go. I think that the expert testimony of those who are usually not on the side of law will probably make this case a conviction. I don't think that this guy will be able to get away with this based on the technicality of the prosecution. You know, when you have leading officers, officers who train people, officers who have been on the beat in those situations, all testify explicitly that this is not what they were supposed to do. And the fact that the medical aid wasn't allowed to this person, it is obviously murder with a murderous intent. You know, I mean, they didn't even let the guy up to even receive medical assistance. What do you call that? You know what? When I watched the trial, when I watched so far what I've seen in the trial, I, I hearken back to, and we, I know we talked about slave patrols, but I hearken back to, um, you know, if a slave owner said, "Why'd you, why'd you kill him?" Um, you know, I wanted him back. He, that's 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 a uh, that's a uh, you know that's 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 going to cost me because he was a good worker. He fixed my wagons. He he fixed my wagons. He plowed my fields. He 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 did X, Y, and Z, and and uh, you know the answer would be like, well, you know he would he uh, he wouldn't listen. He put it on to himself. He put it on. He put it. He he put it on himself, and and 
in the trial, that was Derek Chauvin. You would hear him on video talking to the the older gentleman, uh, Charles McMillan. Uh, he he told the older gentleman, the older brother, that hey, George Floyd was was a big guy. I had to wrangle him down. The whole um, justification of why he did it. Yeah, and it's all of it is still around still it's still very much alive right and um yeah so that's i can we always always appreciate you is, calling is, is there anything else you would like to add to that before we let you go i just felt that justice rogers court and it represents the thing mm-hmm. and what is the problem that's all Thank you for calling in, my brother. Thanks, 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 yeah, Kevin. Thank you. <sighs> um, connected with the um, the case of Derek Chauvin is, of course, the Georgia. And the reason why I say connection to Georgia voting rights bill is because it goes again to our relevancy in our in this country. And um, again, we could go on and on uh, about the, the Derek Chauvin case, uh, which I know we're going to be talking about again, uh, and we're going to talk more about as well uh, the uh, Georgia voter suppression law, uh, and kind of tying things in. What do you think about that? What do you think about the Georgia suppression law? I mean, what what's your thoughts about it? Major League Baseball basically said no All-Star game, no uh, Major League Baseball draft in, in Atlanta. Uh, they moved, and there's an uproar right now. But what what is your thoughts when, when you first, you know? What do I think about it? I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and let the country and the state of Georgia speak for themselves. The bill also encourages in-precinct voting. To Republicans, it is a series of perfectly sensible election reforms. HB 531 is textbook voter suppression. To Democrats, it is nonsensical. House Bill 531 is a 66-page bill that would create tighter restrictions on in-person voting, vote counting, and especially absentee balloting. It adds an ID requirement for absentee ballot requests. It limits the number of absentee ballot drop boxes. It also requires drop boxes to be kept indoors and inaccessible if the building is closed. And it allows only two weekend voting days, one of which can be a Sunday. We know that forcing counties to choose between Saturday and Sunday voting is targeting black voters who have used souls to the polls to cast their votes. The bill also makes it a misdemeanor to give food or drink to any voter waiting in line within 150 feet of a precinct. Critics said the bill was written just to give cover to Republicans smarting from Donald Trump's loss of Georgia in November. Republicans framed it only as reform. For those who want to keep hollering about suppression, let me tell you something, this is a politicalized issue, folks. It's about keeping people whipped up into a frenzy. That's the political game. But it's time to put this to put it to bed, folks. So the House passed the bill on a party line vote, sends it to the Senate, and the Senate already has its own version of uh, what it calls election reforms in the stew as well. Meantime, Democrats even though it's not law yet, are already talking about challenging it in court. Back to you. Okay, bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this bill is the Stop the Steal bill. 
Um, that's basically what it is. It's stop a stop the steal. It's a stop yeah. the steal bill. This election, this past election, the 2020 presidential election, um, had the largest turnout in history. And f- from all accounts, um, it was the most secure election that we had. And not only that, just to uh, kind of put a pin or just, just laying it out there, there was some uh, voter fraud but not nearly enough to turn the election. <laughs> so I'm going to give you the facts. There, yes. Is there voter fraud? Yes. I'm sending the truth. There's voter fraud. But it's, it's, it's very, 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 Condolences to a, uh, uh, to a to a to a gentleman who passed away. Yes, part of the Congressional Black Caucus who served Florida twenty three and Florida twenty. Al Hastings, um, he passed away this past April sixth from pancreatic cancer. Um, he was a fighter for civil rights. He was a fighter for fairness, and uh, he's going to be missed. Um, when you think about um, you know folks in our in our in our Congress in in our in our politics that are going to support and fight situations in, in bills like uh, the Georgia uh, law, the Texas law, uh, voting law, this uh, voting bill is about to come out. He was one of those guys who was in the fight and was in it to win it all the way. And uh, we just, I just want to give a condolence. We want to give a condolence, cond- our condolences to his family, uh, the Hastings family. And, um, and I know he's going to be missed in Florida. This was rocking. This was fun. This was needed. This was needed. This we're we're gonna be talking more about uh, Derek Chauvin. I know we're gonna be talking more about uh, the uh, voter bill. This stuff isn't going away, and uh, and it's it's gonna be uh it's it's gonna be right here. Um, the revolution will be televised here on Moore's Media Studios with Melanated Politics, and uh, we're gonna keep it going. Our tongue is our gun, and our wisdom is our ammunition. Like our dear brother, the late Marcus Garvey said. We can do it. Peace. We're out.